The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to According to Ayurveda and Yoga with your host, Ann Holiday. Ayurveda and yoga are often poorly understood, and there are many misconceptions about them. According to Ayurveda and Yoga is a series of shows on the concepts of this ancient knowledge of life and consciousness presented in a way which is easy to understand. Now, here is Anne Holiday. Welcome to According to Ayurveda and Yoga. This is your host, Anne Holiday. The title of today's show is Living in Harmony with Nature. So what does that mean exactly? In my first show, I talked about the law of karma being a natural law, not a moral law, and not defined by our culture, but applying to the whole human race. Whatever is happening now has at some time, some th- uh, has at some time something to cause it to happen. This not only applies to us personally, but collectively as humans. And what I'm referring to in this program is the damage that humanity as a whole has done to nature over a relatively short period of time in history, and the results of our destruction are clearly evident. The Earth is a living organism which has an abundance of the five elements which support life, and it has evolved over billions of years to get to where we see nature today. But over the past 50 years or so, which is nothing in terms of the life of the earth, each of the five elements has been polluted. Space is buzzing with microwaves, radio waves, radar waves, to say nothing of all the debris that is floating around in space. Fresh, clean air is harder and harder to come by, and the Earth's natural system of replenishing the atmosphere cannot possibly cope with all the pollutants that are produced. Fire is nature's way of sterilizing, cleaning, and transforming in a way that life can continue on Earth. But fires are not allowed to burn. Rivers are diverted, dammed, and polluted to the point that the delicate ecosystem which has evolved is disappearing. The oceans, which are our lifeblood, are getting closer and closer to being dead seas. The earth is our mother, but we create scars on her with mining. We suck her lifeblood when we can take oil from her, and we smother her when we cover her surface with concrete so that she cannot breathe. The sustainable forces in nature are being pushed to the point that they will no longer be able to maintain life on Earth, and we only have ourselves to blame. There isn't time in one program to cover all the aspects of this issue, from global warming to the state of the oceans to mining to the loss of species, many, many things. And I'm not an expert in these subjects anyway. So today I have invited my guests to talk to us about what I see as one of the most critical areas of destruction because it not only affects each and every one of us, but the earth, plant life, insect life, in fact, the entire ecosystem which has sustained life on Earth to this day. And that is the industrialization of food and plant life. Jeff Lawton is one of the world's experts on permaculture, and he is here to open up a conversation on this subject. I believe it is time for every single person on Earth to think about their home 
and to put its priority for survival before our own, before it's too late. But it may already be too late. It is my pleasure today to introduce Jeff Lawton. I am in South Wales, Britain, and I'm talking to him in Sydney, Australia. Welcome, Jeff, to our international conversation. <laughs> Jeff, uh, thank you, you are... <laughs> you are recognized as an expert in permaculture. Uh, would you explain to us exactly what permaculture is and tell us about the remarkable series of videos that you offer on your site? Well, permaculture is a ethical design science and it provides all the needs of humanity in a way that's beneficial for the environment and all living things. So it works in harmony with the ecosystems to produce all our food, our energy systems, our housing systems, our local economic systems. Um, it turns problems into solutions. Our waste systems become assets to the environment. So it's, it's very much about design and connectivity between elements so that interactivity is positive. And um, we've worked all over the world now. There's every, every country has some permaculture action. Thousands of projects have set up as, as examples. And I have now, in recent years, filmed a lot of projects and made a free video series, which I put out onto the Internet as jefflawton.com and make regular updates, often weekly updates, of free inspirational videos, which are short, between five and ten minutes. But they've brought a lot of people into our system um, and, um, and, and people interested in gaining extra information and knowledge through education. So we educate worldwide with permaculture, both face-to-face -face and online. That's marvelous, isn't it? I'm really very impressed with the uh, the work that you're doing, and it's so needed in today's world. Um, I have a, a question to ask you. Um, there's a lot of talk about the destruction of the um, earth through monoculture and through the industrialization of food. Why is monoculture so destructive to our environment? Well, it's not a natural process. Uh, individual plants may themselves be natural processes, but they don't exist in nature in that form and that patterning. So uh, the patterning of ecosystems is uh, diversity and complexity with positive interactions. And through that, you get uh, an ongoing sustainable system which creates its own soil. Uh, monocultures don't create soil. They need outside inputs. Those come from unsustainable um, resources. There's an, uh, an, an uh, extraction of resources from somewhere else. There's a, a destruction of, of, of water cycles because there's an overuse of water, so there's a, an increased amount of evaporation, increased amount of erosion, soil erosion. So one of the biggest failings of, of monoculture in an industrial agricultural sense is its lack of ecosystemic processes. Uh, the, the, the systems are extremely large and out of scale. So, um, the base resource is undermined, um, soil fertility drops, uh, soil erosion increases, and they and they're inevitably um, fail. Um, inputs uh, economically as well because as the base resource disappears, and degrades the soil itself, um, and there's no way a, a monoculture can create its own soil like an ecosystem, um, then the inputs have to increase, and they're economically flawed as well. So they're kind of an extraction process similar to mining, where uh, resources are exploited uh, to the point of... of um, economic unsustainability, which comes uh, quite a bit later than the, than the environmental catastrophe and you know, degradation yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of what was once natural. So over time, the soil disappears, really, what you're saying, isn't it? It becomes useless. Yeah, well, I, we've ignored the life in the soil 
um, almost for 150 years because we've had chemical substitutes to stimulate plant growth. But the, the life of the soil is uh, more diverse and uh, larger in volume than life above the soil. So um, averaging more than 50 tonnes to the acre, up to 200 tonnes to the acre of soil life. And these are all microbes we can't see, mostly microbes that we can't see, yeah. uh, microscopic life, but it's, it's extremely significant as far as keeping life on Earth um, cycling. So we can't continue to do this, can we? I mean, it's 150 years is, or 100 years, whatever you said, is nothing in terms of the life of the earth. No, no. And, and, and there's no action without reaction. Um, and um, a lot of the energy that was uh, contained um, and uh, in ecosystems, ecosystems are like large batteries of life, uh, the energy is constant um, and um, it can't be destroyed. So it goes into the biosphere. So we're getting extremely energetic and unpredictable weather now. In uh, where, where when the, the Earth was clothed in ecosystems, um, we had a much more stable and predictable uh, biosphere and, and, and weather system. So yeah, it, it, yeah. it's accelerating now. The destruction is accelerating, and that's now pretty well recorded. So it's just a continuous um, cycle of destruction rather than, um, uh, you know, creating an environment, isn't it? And and from what you say, uh, it would seem to me that the food itself is not going to have the same value as it as it did when it was where it's grown naturally. And we know that in uh, in Ayurveda, that herbs that are grown naturally in the forests, in a, in a complete ecosystem, have far more potency and value than than those that are. Um, manufactured or grown industrially. So this must be the same thing for our food. It cannot have the, the same value. Absolutely. Uh, we've, we've grown food for weight uh, value and not nutritional value. And we've sacrificed the nutrition almost intentionally to gain weight. Um, and many, many elements have, have been increased, like gluten in wheat has been increased at the sacrifice of the uh, nutritional value. Um, we can measure the nutrition with a starch reading and uh, a very simple test, um, and it's a, a pocket instrument called a, brick, uh, a refractometer, and it measures the bricks reading um, in, in, in food, in, 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 in plant gels, um, and um, it's a... Um, it's a refraction of light through the through the uh, starch, and if it's low, then there's usually a low um, nutritional density in the food. And if it's high, we've got a complement of nutritional uh, density. So uh, many people today use a bricks reading, a refractometer gives you a bricks reading that indicates that. And um, you actually see now people shopping with refractometers, really, <laughs> and they're uh, doing bricks readings in the shop. Yeah. <laughs> So what is approximately the decline in the, the nutritional value in in your lifetime that you have noticed? Well, it, it, it's quite well recorded that um, some things like wheat have um, now become 16 times more nutritious, uh, 16 times more productive, but one-twelfth the original nutrition of uh, um, the the uh, heritage wheat that was uh, originally grown before in industrial agriculture. Um, but just some of the non-organic processes can reduce some elements dramatically. Uh, iron in tomatoes um, can drop uh, 20,000 times um, compared to a, a organic or inorganic tomato. Um, so there's there's some some elements um, are incredibly low, um, and a lot of time we don't have our health problems are related to mineral deficiencies. We have uh, yeah. very low uh, uh, diversity of minerals in our food, so we have um, great problems with mineral deficiency, um, and um, and all of this is is replaced when we move into an ecosystem production. Ecosystemic production produces food and high nutrition. So we can we can work on nature's patterning, 
and produce very high quality food, but it's a it's it's a different marketing system. It's very much about uh, more local food and fresh yeah. food. So we like we like to say uh, zero food miles, uh, zero food time, and zero food guilt. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was reading a book uh, not long ago that was saying that the average plate of food, uh, the food on the plate, has traveled like um, 10,000 miles or something like that. I can't remember the exact number, but it was absolutely astronomical. You know, the, here in Britain, all the, the, the this and that comes from Greece. We have the wheat from India, and it's all travel for miles. And that's another issue about growing our food locally. Um, and being uh, ourselves being in a symbiotic relationship with the environment in which we're in. And part of that is eating the food which glow, grows nearby and drinking the water where we live. Do you have any comments about that? Yeah, the, the, well, you, you, you're actually in a symbiotic relationship with the environment around you, um, and, and that's how you get uh, a uh, boosted immunity system and there are a lot of enzymes that are deficient once food um, is um, not fresh so there's yes. a, the greatest boost of, of natural living enzymes that comes with your natural food is within three hours so within three hours of picking food um, you have the highest immunity boosting enzymes that you're taking in and, and they don't um, they don't last long um, so you need to replenish them every 24 hours. So we should be eating some um, absolutely fresh, within three hours old, picked food every day. Um, and that gives us a much stronger um, immunity system and a much yeah. better um, way of assimilating um, a symbiotic relationship with the, the um, local environment. Yes. And we have a... Uh, a, a saying in well, we have a, a concept in Ayurveda called prana, which is the life force, and the life force is in everything, and it's brought in through the air, and it comes into us through the prana, or the same kind of life force that's in plants. So if we eat fresh food, that same life force comes into us. And it's the same concept of, as what you're talking about. If you, leave, if you freeze food or, or preserve it in any way, it may be, be the same, have the same nutritional value, but it doesn't have that life in it, which gives us the yeah. energy. Yeah. yeah. That's literally the, the um, living enzymes, so it really is truly life. And, and, and a classic example is raw milk which is very good for you because it, it has uh, natural enzymes in it. And, and if it goes off, it becomes sour milk, and it's actually better for you nutritionally. Um, so there's all kinds of ferment processes with raw milk that improve its nutritional quality because you're increasing the organisms and their beneficial organisms in the, in the milk. But if that's mm -hmm. uh, pasteurized and homogenized milk and it, and it starts to um, go off, it starts to get more and more dangerous for you to eat. To drink, um, and um, so that's a that's a classic example in in a product like milk. Yes, yes. So the effects of what's gone on over the last fifty years in terms of the industrialization of food seem to be so overwhelming to the point that I think that many people feel that there isn't anything that we can do, but you are clearly doing a great deal to educate the average person, the, 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 the man in the street, about the, um, the value of food. It's not the amount of food that we eat, it's the value of it that's, that's the important thing. But how can we change this chain of events that, that we're into now? How do you suggest that we can do that? Well, it is an, uh, it's actually a transformational event once you go through a process of educating um, 
the, the, the system of design. It is literally, we think our way out of this through design patterning. We're very much about science and ethics, and we repattern the way we provide our needs. The largest interest, and luckily with the internet today we can see, the largest interest we have comes from America and the most developed countries, and it scales down a way because there people are obviously uh, very aware okay. of the situation they're in, and it, and they want to actually take action themselves. They want to be empowered and rather than feeling disempowered. So we've got um, more than 51% of our online students are American, and 80% of our of our interest on our, our free online um, videos come from America, and then and then Canada, and then. England and America and New Zealand, and then it grades across the rest of the world. Um, although we work in areas where people are in great need, um, we work in areas of great suffering around the world, the largest interest comes from where the, the food is most industrialized, um, and there's there's a, a great awareness and, and, and a desire for change. People want... Um, in, in societies where, which have been liberalized, they've become a, a liberal society that's then moved into democracy and education. People want to say, well, we can, we can look after our needs better than this, and we need to actually okay. take action. And, and they feel empowered. So there's a great empowerment, and, and we can't keep up with the inquiry. The inquiry is extremely large. Okay, thank you, Jeff. We'll just have to take a short break now, and then we'll get back to you in the in a moment and we'll continue this discussion. Thank you. Real Life Solutions Voice America Health and Wellness Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. The According to Ayurveda and Yoga Global Community welcomes you to join the conversation at ataytv.com where you can share your experiences of holistic health, ask questions, make comments, and write blogs. It is through ATTV.com that professional members committed to bringing authentic knowledge to the world can connect with you. Material from ATE radio shows are also available. ATTV.com. Visit ATAYTV.com today. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a real, fact-based show about alternative and natural approaches to health? Listen for Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Drs. Jim and Janine Fox. We're not about the latest health fads. We're about proven methods from real patients and real situations. Each week's show is an eye-opening look behind the scenes of real health. Live Healthy, Be Healthy can be heard live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
The root causes of disease can be better prevented and cured using an integration of modern medicine and holistic healing techniques. Become educated by tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does have its place, but it should not be the only course of action. It's all about regenerating and healing our whole selves through better choices in lifestyle, foods, spiritual connection, and stress management. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to According to Ayurveda and Yoga with Ann Holiday. If you have questions or comments about our program, we would like to hear from you. Please contact us via email to info at ataytv.com. That's info at ataytv.com. Now, back to According to Ayurveda and Yoga. Welcome back. This is Anne Holliday of According to Ayurveda and Yoga. And in this program, we're talking about harmony with nature with my guest, Jeff Lawton in Australia. And we've just finished talking about the worldwide interest, especially in uh, developed countries, on this issue of the quality of our food and the damage that has been caused over the past hundred years or so on the soils, rendering tremendous damage not only to our food but to the environment as well. Uh, There is a lot of concern, Jeff, at the moment uh, about the genetic modification of food. In fact, many countries are banning the importation of GMO seeds and food. Uh, What are the long-term effects of this so-called advancement on life on Earth? And I'm thinking of the insects who play such an important role especially bees, we're we're already seeing a decline in uh, the bee population. And if we lose that, we pretty much have lost um, the opportunity to to sustain our food sources. Yeah, the the biggest problem is that uh, we lose control of our, our, our seed base. We can't breed our own seeds. The seeds don't actually... We can't um, save seed and then select our own varieties, our own qualities in seed. And um, the GMO seed is cloned, so the performance is actually uniform. Um, the growth rate is uniform. Uh, the harvest time particularly is absolutely uniform, and the uh, the crop is absolutely uniform. So there's no, there's no diversity there that gives us the ability to go through variation, and variations um, are uh, a natural event. There are always some variations in climate and different conditions, and we can't all grow the same seed um, and expect the same results. Um, if we push for the same results, what we do is we stress the environment further. Now, um, as long as that doesn't completely take over and there's always some resistance, um, as there is already, there's quite a lot of resistance, the the non-hybrid seed, the heritage seed, is much stronger because it has that diversity. Um, It has that ability to uh, adapt. There's no adaption process in GMO. It's a managed... um, replication process by um, a laboratory um, set of events. So everything takes place in the laboratory and the plant itself doesn't doesn't have any evolutionary processes. Now the evolutionary processes of Earth are extremely strong. Um, so once we um, once this event starts to uh, diminish, which it already is because we're finding that the GMO is also locked to 
particular requirements of inputs, chemical fertilizers and pesticides yeah. and herbicide resistant crops. And, and it's not really become uh, an economic success. Um, it, 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 it's failing economically as well as obviously it's failing environmentally and there's more and more resistance. So, um, there's, there's thousands sometimes of varieties within a species of food. And, um, as long as those are, are not eradicated, um, GMO can easily be overcome. So at this stage, it's, it's kind of like playing Russian roulette roulette with the gene pool um, and um, there's been some very dangerous events um, where we specie- where we use GMO on bacteria and soil organisms but luckily they've been stopped they haven't been allowed to go through um, there, there's processes that, that have particular functions that could be changed like cloud seeding bacteria to stop frost on strawberries that event was stopped um, oh my goodness. Uh, soil bacteria that has that's uh, been genetically engineered to, to have a byproduct of alcohol from the um, consumption of organic matter, that event was stopped uh, because we didn't know whether that was going to lead to a sociopathic event where where life on Earth would, could be challenged quite dramatically. The general seed quality of GMO is now something that people are challenging worldwide um, because it's lack of resilience and, 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 and the, the ability of the farmer to choose variety um, and build local resilience. So um, then there's the food issue, the actual food itself. Um, although it has weight and it may look um, like it has um, food quality. When you measure the GMO food, often it, it's it's lower in quality, and it has some strange uh, manipulations. It has some strange mutations. Um, we can actually design mutations into the food by gene splicing that would never 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 happen naturally. So, one, once this event passes, that that food won't breed on, that, what, that those varieties are extremely weak in, a, in an ecosystem. Um, so luckily, um, it's probably just a passing phase, uh, although it, it looks extremely scary if, if we look at a, if it's an enforced event where we were only allowed to grow GMO food and all other food was had to be eradicated and, and we'd lose our, our food gene pool. But that, that's not happening at this stage and it would be very difficult to achieve We'd have to have complete domination over all farmers worldwide uh, for GMO to be the only food we were allowed to produce. But the thing is, um, I know I live in the States and uh, I live in in Oregon and they're trying to just get a law passed where GMO food has to be labeled and there's a tremendous amount of battle to just get that. And one of the arguments that the um, companies have, and we all know which company we're talking about, is that um, if they had to, if they had to label everything that was GMO'd, it would be practically every food that is on the shelf because GMO products are in in everything that that are produced now. Like for instance, corn is in most things, and it's all GMO. So it, it I see it as really being a big issue. Um, and I was reading once about uh, what's happened in Africa about introducing GMO seeds over there that um, they were persuaded to take on GMO crops, uh, which um, gave two, you know, were more productive because they gave two harvests a year. But the thing was, they needed fertilizer and they needed water, neither of which they had. And uh, the result of that was also that the GMO seeds drove out the um, natural seeds and so created actually no food at all. So it can have a really big impact, I believe, on uh, especially poorer societies, poorer um, countries. 
Yeah, the, the green revolution in agriculture since its conception, since natural fertilizers were were um, considered undeveloped and, 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 and old-fashioned, and we moved towards synthetic fertilizer all the way through. We've had events like that, and uh, people have moved in and advised poor people that uh, there's a better way to go about things. Um, India... Um, for one, is is extremely um, damaged by the Green Revolution. But now there's a great demand in con- developing countries like India um, to um, grow organic food. Even poor people in India. So I'm, yes. I'm now um, working with the Hands Foundation to um, bring permaculture to a whole state of uh, Adrakhand in the north, the, the Himalayan state where uh, from uh, where Rishikesh is. So uh, there is a great demand in the other direction. So uh, the problem is often the solution. Countries like Russia now are banning GMO. Large countries, the largest country in the world is, is banning GMO. Um, many countries now are banning GMO, but the corn and soya being built in the middle of America um, is this sort of anchor of, of GMO, uh, soybean being the first um, crop that was heavily genetically modified to uh, resist um, herbicide. And uh, those two crops, the corn and the soybean, uh, insidious through modern, um, modern food and um, processed food. So it's very hard to get away from corn and soybean in the in the uh, modern packaged processed food industry yeah. and 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 there's the issue those are the two crops that are heavily gmo and been promoted um very much through through middle america but this situation, we're in the information age, so uh, computers are given us, uh, and the internet's given us very fast access to information. And um, what what these these situations now, uh, where you've got your poor African farmers that have been um, devastated by the introduction of uh, another modern farming technique. They're now educating themselves much easier. They've got much uh, more efficient access to information. And they're moving back to small, diverse farms. Um, The FAO is making statements that the only way we can feed the world is with diverse, small farming systems. And and it's literally from um, the information age that we can see that the, the, the industrialized food system is failing and failing no matter how much money we throw at it and no matter how much um, technology we throw at it and, and, and increases in size, it decreases in efficiency and food quality. So more and more, um, the problem becomes the solution through through information access. And, and um, we get a move uh, in the right direction where health is the end result and, and, and quality of environment and life is, is a byproduct of doing the right thing. Yes, it's very, yeah, it's very encouraging. It's it's one of the perhaps this is the time, the right time because of the information age to to really influence the world as a whole. But I I spent a lot of time in India and uh, I uh, the, the this it's on in the papers every day because you know this. 40 or more farmers per day in uh, Maharashtra that uh, commit suicide because they have been driven out by the agribusiness. So India is really becoming an aware of the devastation that it uh, it creates in in especially countries that depend on their agriculture. Yeah. Yeah. So that it is there's a, um, a very a very large interest now coming from India where there's more people than the whole continent of Africa. Um, and, and only 50 years ago, a lot of rural India was quite self-sufficient and, 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 and quite yeah. sustainable. Um, and, and it's been lost very rapidly. But the infrastructure is still there. Millions of very small villages. So uh, now we have local government and uh, state government interest and um and and we have some quite large funding to set up examples and and edu- indian education systems so i've quite a few indian students are are now getting involved in these processes yes i'm very impressed with what's going on over there on several 
several levels. Another is the introduction again of having the animals on the land because the, you know, the manure creates the, the yeast, which is so important to the soil, to the bacteria in the soil. There's a big movement. Well, they've never really got away from that. You know, they still have cows, but, but as, as, as the country becomes more, um, uh, it, you know, goes away from rural communities to urban communities, all of this starts to die. The low, you know, the farming communities die and the animals disappear and go into, um, uh, into factory farming. So, yeah, it's a, it's a big issue, but you really have made me feel much better about the future now that we're getting more and more people involved in the process. And I just want to just talk a little bit about um, composting. Uh, we all know how co composting is vital and something that we can all do. Every one of us can do that. It takes more effort, but more and more communities are doing it now. But it hardly seems enough when you consider the amount of food that's consumed and how much we're going to and how much of uh, uh, natural food material is going into the landfills. Yeah, um, industrialized composting has become a real industry. Um, but there's now um, more and more understanding of the of the life in the soil, and and it's stimulated through um, composting. And 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 there's now a science of composting where we 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 create compost that is an inoculum. So it, it's a, a probiotic for the soil, and and very high concentrations of beneficial organisms can be created from extremely accurate composting. That's actually one of the biggest revolutions in organic farming in the last 10 years. It's become the cutting edge of, of um, organic farming becoming what's now termed biological farming. Um, so um, high concentrations of beneficial organisms um, sprayed out across the land, almost like a, a, a looking like an industrial fertilizer application. Um, so people actually spraying organisms in oxygenated water um, has reduced the volume of, of, of compost required. But um, it's also just a matter of, of designing processes where we create fast um, carbon cycles. So um, plants that grow fast that are grown as fertilizer used to be called green manures. Um, combinations with very, very convenient uh, manure harvests and working in parts of India, you do them with people who are, uh, who are um, only keeping large animals because they're vegetarians um, and very few small animals. But it's still just a design challenge where you have to line up uh, one element to be beneficial to another and go through a process that stimulates uh, soil organisms. So, um, as, as that's more and more understood, and it's not a sort of vague process anymore, um, then we're getting better and better results. We, we actually only need about 4% of the area we presently use um, in industrial agriculture um, to yeah. produce the world's nutrition. It, it just has to be very um, precisely positioned close to populations. Um, soil fertility is not a problem when we do the right thing, not at all. So, uh, what about the genetically modified foods and industrial uh, food, industrialized foods that actually are composted? Does it make this same value of compost? I mean, surely that it oh, would yeah. affect the composting as well. Well, the thing is, compost is based around um, life, life elements, and life is based in, in carbon. Water and carbon, they're two um, main elements in, in compost. So you, compost is a, a, a balance between the, a ratio of carbon and nitrogen. And um, because of the life cycles and the innumerable numbers of organisms that are in the compost process as it goes through, um, the, any, any toxins or any genetically modified elements are bonded to the carbon molecule. And in, in that event, 
they become long-chain molecules and they become inert. So even quite toxic elements, as long as they're not the majority of the ingredients, um, toxic elements are bonded into the carbon uh, molecule or along, uh, attached to the carbon molecule in the life processes in the compost, and then they become inert, and it really uh, goes back to a, a, a neutral event. So yeah, we can lock up all our toxins. In fact, it's the only way we can lock up our toxins worldwide is with uh, biological events, so biological cleaning systems um, purposely designed uh, to take up, take up our waste products, both domestic and industrial, um, will be bonded into, into life cycles through mostly plants and soil organisms. Compost is a process like that, uh, which intentionally produces a byproduct of fertilizer. Uh, we, we will see all of our waste, waste systems uh, managed with life systems. Our, our waste systems will, will be absorbed into the carbon cycle. Oh, I see what you're saying, yes. Yes, so there is hope then for all of the stuff that we throw away. Yeah, we just, um, the, the problem yeah. is the solution almost every time is a very common permaculture saying, but people, first, they need to realize it. First, they need a realization. Then they need a, an interesting, stimulating piece of education that makes them feel, oh, I can, I can really feel like a global citizen that can act locally almost anywhere and, and not do any damage. I can, be, I can be a positive interaction on Earth, not a negative one. I have a responsibility yeah. to do that. People, people get very stimulated and almost infected with this process, and then they, they engage, and, and, and it changes their life. It just changes their life. And, and that then goes along with other beneficial practices where they, you know, they generally get more healthy and, 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 and hopeful and positive and, and, yes. and a lot of health benefits from that. And see the effects, yes. And I just had another question. I've noticed in my own garden over the past 30 years where I live in the States that there's been a huge depletion of worms, for instance, which has made me concerned because I'm wondering, you know, with the, the, all of the, the animal fertilizers that come from factory farming, the manure and stuff that we use, what kind of value does that have on the soil? It must have the same it can't have the same well, it often, it uh, often, value it often as, can be as quite sterile. Yes, it, it doesn't Sorry. seem like it's any use at all. Well, it, it needs to go through again. It needs to go through a composting process quite often because it's somewhat sterilised. Um, and um, like a lot of industrial farming, the factory farmed animals. Um, are also carrying other elements with them, like antibiotics and 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 vet, uh, veterinary um, supplements and and different non not not naturally occurring substances. So once we then engage that with the carbon cycle, uh, it comes back into a biological process. And the start of the life starts with the soil life. So as we bring the soil life through composting, everything else comes back into vitality. Um, and um, the, the macro fauna of the soil are really the worms. They're some of the largest elements in the soil. And um, from from there, you come up to very, very vital um, growth above the soil and um, health, healthier ecosystems, healthier animals. And... Um, Generally, the food that you eat makes you feel very energetic, um, gives you back that sort of spark and vitality because you're taking mm -hmm. in so many of the beneficial uh, minerals. And your body has a choice um, to um, uh, top up its deficiencies. Well, thank you very much, Jeff. Uh, we just have to start wrapping up our discussion here. I wish we had longer. Uh, I'm just going to say a few words. Uh, but and my feeling is that overall something has to change. We can't continue to create more landfills to accommodate more and more rubbish. The earth can't cope with it. Each and every one of us has to be aware, like you say. And if companies each did their part where it comes to when it comes to packaging and making their products disposable, recyclable or reusable, perhaps we can do something.
But there has to be a shift from profit to sustainability and responsibility and a commitment to change on everybody's part. Because when it comes to living on earth, we're all in the same boat, regardless of race, creed or color. Each and every one of us must do our part, work as individuals, work as small communities and connect to larger communities. The earth is everybody's responsibility. We must get away from this mentality that we as humans are the only important beings on earth, even more important than the earth itself. We all depend on our mother nature to provide us with water, with air, with earth and with fire and a space to live in. We're not so clever that we can live without her. So we must treat her with the same respect and love that she shows us. There are many documentaries demonstrating that human life will disappear because the earth is a finite resource. Everything we take from her, we must put back and, we will re and she will reward us. Living in harmony with nature cannot be so difficult to achieve, especially if we all do our part. Let us continue this conversation at ATATV.com and the According to Ayurveda and Yoga Global Community Facebook page. We welcome your comments. Now I leave you with one last thing to do for your health, and that is to laugh. <laughs> Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to According to Ayurveda and Yoga. Be sure to join Anne Holiday again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about Anne, our radio program, and supplemental information about what you've heard today, please visit the website ataytv.com. Until our next program, wishing you health and happiness. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.